0: Unlock your Bible. Discover the true meaning of life. Learn the cause of world problems and the astounding solution. Prove for yourself what the future holds. In the Trumpet Literature Library, you will find answers to life's most important questions. Explore these vital titles on Trumpet Bookshelf. Welcome to Trumpet Bookshelf. I'm Grant Turgeon. The Roman Catholic Church seems to be weaker than ever. More and more people are openly mocking the Catholic Church for its ongoing child abuse scandals. And even within the church itself, there is now a civil war. Tons of infighting. This is an article from thetrumpet.com from just a couple days ago. Who will win the Catholic Civil War? And it says, since the death of Pope Benedict XVI on December 31st, 2022, the Catholic Church has broken into infighting. Vatican correspondent Robert Mickens wrote that the death of Benedict was also the death of a fragile truce that has existed the past decade between two factions inside the Vatican and the worldwide Catholic hierarchy. And he goes on to explain it's the pro-Benedict faction versus the pro-Pope Francis faction. Now that Benedict is dead, these two vastly different approaches are at war with each other. Pope Benedict, before he resigned in 2013, was an ultra-conservative, bombastic, dogmatic pope. Pope Francis has been a lot more subtle in the years since, and he is widely considered to be very liberal. He has a totally different approach that has resulted in a surge in Catholic popularity. But, like I mentioned, this sex abuse scandal that really just seems to involve dozens and dozens of Catholic priests uh, abusing little boys, that's a pretty overpowering problem for them to deal with, regardless of Pope Francis's pleasant approach. But notice here, we have this really fascinating pictorial. This is basically a booklet with a lot of pictures in it. Also a lot of writing at the trumpet.com. You can get it for free. It's titled. He was right. And there's an article in here titled the Holy in the Holy Roman empire. And this is drawing attention to the very differing approaches between Pope Benedict before he died and before he resigned in 2013 and then Pope Francis from 2013 for almost the last 10 years. It says here, and he was right. From the beginning of his papacy, Benedict XVI was bent on reasserting Catholic relevance in the 21st century, and he attempted to do so with a hardline, ultra-conservative approach. Explains how Benedict kicked liberals out of the Vatican. He attacked the trend toward secularism or basically anti-religion and anti-God that was happening in Europe. He was uncompromising with Catholic doctrine. And in fact, he strongly rebuked every other religion and every other church in the world. He called them defective and said they should not even be called churches. He was strongly anti-abortion and anti-homosexuality. And he believed that there is only absolute truth, not moral relativism where everyone can have his own personal brand of truth. So there are a few things in there that seem a little bit appealing in some ways, just the fact that he was confident in what he believed and that he did take a real moral stand. Contrast that with the approach of Pope Francis, his successor. It says here, and he was right during his first year in office, Francis reached out to all religions meeting with leaders from the Orthodox Church, Anglicans, Lutherans, Methodists, and also Jews, Muslims, Buddhists, and Hindus. He has even extended the olive branch toward atheists and agnostics, saying, God forgives those who do not believe and do not seek faith. Francis made headlines all over the world after he appeared to seed ground on the defining battlefield of our time. Who am I to judge them? He said about homosexuals. They're our brothers. Now to continue the contrast between Benedict and Francis, Francis believes there's no such thing as absolute truth. He's like a shapeshifter. He will alter what he says and the way he says it, and even seem to alter his beliefs just to be as appealing as possible to the largest number of people. Pope Francis does not like to talk about moral issues. He seems to be a Joe Biden supporter, refusing to deny Biden communion, even though Biden is a supporter of extreme, extreme abortion. Generally, the Catholic Church was assumed to be anti-abortion. And yet Pope Francis pretends that it's just fine for people to support abortion and still be considered members of the Catholic Church in good standing. So he is very willing to compromise. Pope Francis will do whatever it takes for people to like him. And yet, he was right, this booklet that you can get for free at thetrumpet.com, like I said. He was right shows how really it's just two different approaches. Yes, these two factions within the Catholic Church may strongly disagree with each other. The pro-Benedict faction versus the pro-Francis faction. And yet, notice the subtlety here. He was right states... Perhaps the most amazing aspect of the Francis-led Catholic Revival is this, if you examine what the Pope has actually said, parsing the words carefully, you see that no traditional Catholic stance has been contradicted. He has only reiterated long-standing teachings of the Church, yet, Because of the words he used and the hype surrounding him, the secular media trumpeted his statements as a glorious sea change in Catholic dogma. So he appeals to the media. You could almost say the media swoons before him because he knows just what to say. And yet technically Pope Francis has never come out and said he supports abortion. Or homosexuality. He just comes across as tolerant. He gives the appearance that he is fundamentally transforming church doctrine. When technically, maybe he hasn't. (laughs) He's just very smart. And he was right here again. It says... The final iteration of the Roman Catholic Church that is described in Bible prophecy, and which Herbert W. Armstrong wrote so prolifically about, may well have some secularist underpinnings. So, again, Europe is becoming more and more anti God, more and more detached from religion. And so now, it is very advantageous for the Catholic Church to become more vague with what they teach and even give away for evolution to somehow mesh with Catholic beliefs. It says here, and he was right the Vatican is willing to inject enough secularism and rationalism into its doctrine to appease modern people. It seems to be trying a blend of secularism and mystery, just enough of each to create a force modern people are willing to yield to. And that is what the Catholic Church has always done. They have always been masters At basically absorbing pagan and godless views. They don't really have any set set of standards. Because they want everyone to join them. And give them more money and power. And they'll do anything to basically assimilate everyone and every belief system into their own. Notice here, Revelation chapter 17, it describes a church, a great false counterfeit church in the strongest of terms. In the Bible, a woman is symbolic of a church. So just just keep that in mind here. Revelation 17, starting in verse 1, And there came one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials, and talked with me, saying unto me, Come here, I will show unto you the judgment of the great whore that sits upon many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet colored beast full of names of blasphemy having seven heads and ten horns and the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. That's Revelation 17, verses 1 through 5. You can see here, this woman, or this great false church, is extremely influential in world affairs. Throughout history, this church has gotten involved with nations and empires and been the spiritual guiding force for mass destruction. They have provided justification for brutal tyrants to slaughter anyone who got in their way. And these empire ruling tyrants could say that they were committing murder and genocide in the name of God. Because these leaders were backed by the Catholic Church. They were convinced that they had spiritual authority to shed innocent blood. Notice here this woman or this church in Revelation 17 is dressed very nicely and has all kinds of gold and wealth, and this is just really a vivid description. A woman riding a beast, a false church steering a bloody empire. Revelation 17 verse 18 provides clarification and the woman, which you saw is that great city which reigns over the Kings of the earth. What city in this end time could possibly fit that description? What city throughout the ages could possibly fit that description? It has to be Rome. Rome is not just a city. It's practically its own miniature nation. It is a self-governing entity within the nation of Italy. It's practically a nation within a nation. It has its own border, its own laws, its own territory, its own government its own subjects. It fits all the qualifications of a nation, and it is considered to be an independent nation. And yet it reigns over the kings of the earth. It's not just sticking to teaching what the Bible supposedly says. It is involved in power grabbing and controlling world leaders. It is a church. It is a woman riding the beast. This beast, this holy Roman empire has already ravaged the world six times in history. The seventh and final resurrection of this Holy Roman Empire is almost here. And it will have 10 kings. 10 kings united in Europe, led by Germany, but empowered by the spiritual force of the great false church. This church really has changed world events. It has made an impact on the world. There's an example of this in the booklet, He Was Right, again, available to you for free at thetrumpet.com. And it's talking about Pope John Paul II when he visited his home nation of Poland in 1983. And at the time, Poland was part of the Soviet Union. It was a communist nation. It was very loyal to the leadership of the Soviet Union. And yet Pope John Paul II marched in there and lectured the communist leadership of Poland as the entire nation watched live on TV no fear and he single-handedly caused the collapse of the iron curtain. People began to realize they didn't have to live under the oppression of communism. They could return to Catholicism. And so sure enough, nation by nation, within the Soviet Union fell away from communism it says here and he was right Poland and many other former eastern bloc nations Romania, Bulgaria, Czech Republic Estonia, Hungary, Latvia Lithuania, Slovakia and Croatia have officially joined the European Union so The Catholic Church has been heavily involved in uniting Western and Eastern Europe, exactly like Daniel 2 talks about, where there are going to be 10 kings in this seventh and final resurrection, and there's going to be two legs of the empire. There's going to be probably five in the West and five in the East. Obviously, the European Union today is almost 30 nations. And so that body will have to be pared down to just 10 core leaders led by Germany, empowered by the Catholic Church. The Bible talks all about this. And so regardless of the infighting within the Catholic Church right now, and how weak the church might seem. It is prophesied to straddle the Holy Roman Empire beast one more time. And so this, this article, Who Will Win the Catholic Civil War, which is up at thetrumpet.com, talks about how we should watch for the Catholic Church to become stronger. And for the church to move forward as a result of this civil war between those who support Pope Benedict and those who support Pope Francis. It says here in this article, both Pope Francis and Benedict have moved Bible prophecy forward in their own ways. Benedict opened the door for conservatives from the Church of England to return to Rome. He strongly encouraged Europe to return to its Christian roots and began to rally it against Islam. Daniel 11 talks about a clash between the King of the North and the King of the South and Pope Benedict really did stir up a lot of hostility against the Muslim invaders of Europe. And so the King of the North German led Europe will attack and overwhelm the King of the South, radical Islam led by Iran. Pope Benedict had a part to play in Daniel 11 being fulfilled very soon. And then it says here in this Civil War article at thetrumpet.com, Pope Francis has worked hard to turn the world against the U.S., often describing American capitalism as the root cause of the world's evil. He's also helped to cement Europe's relationship with Latin America. And so the Bible foretells American captivity at the hands of the Holy Roman Empire, national defeat to this empire empowered by the Catholic church, and it talks about even the Catholic Church infiltrating Latin America and getting into America's backyard that way. And really you should get yourself a free copy of He Was Right at the trumpet.com. It does go into detail about these specific Bible prophecies and how the Roman Catholic Church will be very involved in the world events that are about to really shake all of us very soon. So just watch for this to happen. During this Catholic Civil War, watch for the church to defy the odds and come together and get stronger just like your Bible foretells. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Trumpet Bookshelf. You've been listening to Trumpet Bookshelf. Please email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for new episodes every Friday at 10 a.m. Central Time.